What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Tavares, and we, well, what am I saying we for? I am welcoming you back for another episode of the Godly Dating 101 podcast. This is somewhat of like a part two to a previous episode that we did. Episode 24 was the first episode that I did in regarding lessons on lust. And as you can see by today's title, we want to talk about Samson. Before we talk about Samson, I want to read this review. I don't read our reviews to you all often, but we love them. You know, I just thought I just thought of this one. I want to read it. I really love the honesty and transparency on this podcast. All of the episodes I've listened to has changed me for the better and has truly opened my eyes to a lot of things. Thank you both for your obedience. So I'm not reading that to you know, toot my own horn, <laughs> but I am so thankful. You know, we read all your comments, we read all your concerns, your requests, you know, but it's just so good to hear that you guys are able to relate because we don't ever want to come across as too spiritual. We don't ever want to come across as too carnal. We want to let you guys know that we are striving towards getting closer to Jesus every day, and that's our goal for you to get there. So without further ado, welcome back. <laughs> So today I want to talk about Samson, you know, so I want you guys, when you get ready to listen to this episode, if you can have a Bible, have a notepad, I want to dive into some scriptures. I want to talk about, you know, various things regarding the Samson. And if it seems like I'm hopping around, just know it's because I'm not face to face with you all. So I can't determine what areas obviously to stay on, <laughs> you know, but I just want the Lord to lead us as we talk in today's episode. You know, so I pray that, you know, you can see yourself in Samson whether your issue is a lust or your issue is something else. I pray that you can see an area where you can improve on. But um, for context, we can read um, Samson's story from the beginning of Judges 14 all the way. Well, Judges 13 speaks of the ending, speaks of the beginning. um, And then it goes all the way up until Judges 16 when he dies. But when we look at Samson, you know, he had a calling from God from birth. He had a miraculous birth because we see in um, Judges 13 that his mother was barren. His mother was barren. The Bible never mentions her name. His father was named Manoah, M-A-N-O-A-H. You know, and the Bible mentions that Israel was in a constant state of rebellion. You know, Israel is always going after idolatry. God is not happy with their actions. You know, so that that led to you know, God delivering them into the hands of the Philistine. You know, God is like so fed up, you know, with Israel's rebellion. Judges 13 and 1 says, And the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines 40 years. So um, this is obviously not dealing with Samson, but I want to point something out to you all just by looking at that. Many of us, we look at the problems going on in our life and we're trying to blame the devil. We're trying to find someone to point fingers at. You're the reason why I'm not this far in life. You're the reason why I'm not healed. You're the reason why I don't make X amount of money, whatever. You know, we always want to point the fingers, but the Bible mentions that God placed them in bondage because of their constant disobedience, their constant rebellion. So if you ever find yourself, you know, going through a a toxic cycle of always feeling like you're in bondage, always feeling like you're in an issue, ask God and seek God to see if there's a a sin in your life that you need to repent of because God will allow trouble to get your mind back focused on him. You know, so we see in Judges um, 13, 1, God put him in under the Philistines 40 years. You know, we see that rebellion caused the storms they were facing. And then God um, sends an angel to speak with Manoah's wife, Samson's mother, about 
the miraculous birth that's about to take place. He lets them know, you know, um, Judges 13, 24 and 25. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson and the child grew and the Lord blessed him and the Lord and the spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtael. So we all have gifts and talents that we must use to help someone else be blessed, to be saved, to be delivered. So never underestimate your purpose or God, how God can use you. You know, I just want to encourage someone because many of you, you may you may look at the person on the praise team. You may look at the person who's preaching. You may look at the person who's influential on social media and you're thinking, oh, that's their calling. Well, God doesn't have much for me. No, God has a calling for all of our lives. You know, so just how Samson was was literally born to destroy the Philistines, you are born to tear down something in the enemy's kingdom. You are born with a purpose to do something great for God. So never look down on your calling. You know, so we see that despite, you know, Samson having that Nazarite vow and he can't do certain things, you know, God placed upon him, you know, separation. God told his mother that he must be separated. They can't drink certain things. They can't eat certain things. They can't cut his hair. You know, so all of those things were were given as a mandate before Samson's very birth. And that shows us that in regards to Christianity, this may not be popular with some of you and some of your churches, but sin separates us from God. And God is trying to show us that when I call you, when I bring you onto myself, I'm separating you from the world. I'm separating you from the things of the world. So obviously Samson is a person who had a lot of carnal desires and God used it for his kingdom. God managed to use his weakness and still get glory out of his life. But the point is that when God places his hand on us, God wants to separate us from the things of the world. It's just that God still managed to get glory out of it because, you know, obviously we have a sovereign God, you know, so that makes me realize that how great God is because he's so sovereign that when he called us, he still fully factored in our poor decision making. God knew how foolish we would be at times. God knew, yes, I'm going to save you in January. You're going to get your, I'm going to turn your life around January. And by February, God knew we'd be back in fornication. We'd be stealing. We'd be gossiping. And that's not to say that, you know, we should be changed immediately, you know, but the point is when God saves, when God fills you with his spirit, he's filling you with his spirit so you can overcome sin. But God still knows that despite his spirit being within us, we still have that carnal nature that he's trying to uproot out of us. So don't think I'm trying to justify any sin because we all have to face God's judgment. You know, if you think we're going to just live carelessly and, and claim the mercy of God and the grace of God, that's not how the Bible works. And a lot of churches preach the Bible to twist things, you know, to, to help them feel better. But I want you to understand that we still have to face God. And if God is holy, the Bible says, be ye holy for I am holy. So we can't ignore that verse. We have to understand that God doesn't expect perfection immediately, but God does expect progression. He does expect us to grow. You know, so, you know, his grace and his mercy, man, that's something that's inexplainable. You know, so when we're falling short, please don't ever feel like you can, you have to give up because God still has a plan for your life. Even if you're, if you're breathing, understand that God has a plan for your life. But now let's dive into, I guess, a little bit of the lust aspect that was going on in Samson's life. So when we see Judges 14, the Bible mentions, I'm reading from the KJV. You can read whatever you want. Um, verse one, it says, and Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother, mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. 
Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren or among all my people that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. You know, and then we jump down a few verses. Verse seven says, and he went down and talked with the woman and she pleased Samson well. All right. So let's process what's going on. He obviously had to speak to his parents because, you know, the parents are in control over, you know, marriage arrangements and things like that. But the problem is Samson went down, you know, to the Philistine area and he saw a woman of the Philistines, you know, and in his head, he's just like, Oh, shorty's bad. I want that. You know, and I feel like a lot of times as as you could be as deep as you want to be, like sit here and pretend that it's not the truth. But a lot of times we see someone that's just all all it is to them is a physical attraction. And we're telling God that's what we want. God, my type is they got to be this height. God, my, my type is they, their body got to look like this. God, my type is her hair got to be curly like this. God, my type is, he, you know what I mean? And we, we we simply see something that looks nice. And we're just like, I want that. I want, you know, and, and you know, God, God may even be telling you, like, you don't need that. And he's just like, no. And we're just like, no, I want it. You know, so Samson had one of those conversations with his parents, you know, and his dad is just like, Look at all the godly women over here. Why are you pursuing after a, a lukewarm woman? Why are you pursuing after a woman of the world? And understand that, you know, we, we're looking from the outside in. So we know the outcome, you know. So it's obvious that his dad is not aware of what's happening. You know, God is looking for an opportunity to destroy the Philistines. But and that shows me that even in the midst of our weaknesses, God is still able to get glory. But at the same time, why are you pursuing after an ungodly woman and you're surrounded by godly women. So we're not Samson. So please, let's not try to force ourselves to say, you know, this is a scripture to justify marrying someone who's not um, equally yoked because the New Testament already tells us do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You know, so don't think you have to, you know, use this verse to try to justify, you know, your ungodly relationship. If God isn't in it, sis, and in it. Bro, if God ain't tell you that that's that's his will, then you're not going to change his mind. You know, so we see that he saw someone who pleased him. You know, he he just thought there was a, a, a nice little physical attraction. And then verse seven says he went down and he talked with the woman and she pleased Samson well. So if we think about it, if he never bothered talking to her, his attraction wouldn't have flourished. We as Christians, guys, listen to me. We have to be careful of who and what we entertain because it's okay to be attracted to, to someone of the opposite sex. It's okay to be attracted to someone perfect body. It's okay to be attracted to the nice smile, the perfect face. They have they have all of the attractions and the physical qualities that you would desire in a spouse. That's perfectly fine. No one is judging you for being attracted to someone who isn't saved. The problem is if you're pursuing after that relationship when God isn't in it, then that can lead to sin. Then that can lead to us walking out of his will. So she couldn't have led him <laughs> into sin if he stayed away from her. If he was never in in um, Timnath, if, in that Philistine um, country, if he was never there, he wouldn't have been tempted by it. If he never spoke to her, he could never have had a relationship with her. And, you know, many of us today, you know, we're we're saying, God, I want a godly spouse, but we're placing ourselves in environments to get ungodly people. You're not going to find that godly man, that godly woman at that club. 
like, come on, bro. Like, the, the woman God has for you, like, I'm not saying shorty can't twerk, but you ain't about to find her at the surf club, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, let me let me be mature. <laughs> but the point is, you can't just assume that you can go about, you can get God's will by doing without doing it God's way. You can't assume that you can ignore the, the presence of God and find someone out of his will and get him to bless it. When we look at Proverbs, um, I'm going to hit you guys with some scriptures today. You know, I want to talk about the Bible. I don't want us to just hear Tavares' opinion. I want us to, to relate with the scriptures. Proverbs 5, I'm going to read eight verses, you know. So, hey, just turn your volume up and get to chilling. So starting at verse 1, My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as in honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Lest thou shouldest ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, that thou canst not know them. Hear me now, therefore, O ye children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come not nigh the door of her house. Listen. Maybe whatever you read it in, I know it helped you understand because that makes perfect sense to me in this little Shakespeare type language. The Proverbs is saying, listen to me. Please understand what I'm saying. The Proverbs is saying, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. You found a godly woman and you know, you, you found a woman and everything about her is it's just perfect, the smooth skin, the words are just nice, the body is just banging. And if you're a, a sister, you found a perfect guy, the waves are on point, chisel chest, he has everything you want, everything you're praying for. God is saying, yeah, it's all perfect and it's dropping as honey, the words are smooth, but the end is bitterness, the end is death. Their feet are going to lead you to death. So please hear me when I say this. Handsome people and beautiful people are not Satan's, you know, they're not just of Satan. You know what I mean? There's a lot of beautiful, godly people. But the point is when you only allow yourself to be be driven by your attraction, the enemy will destroy you every single time. And I can't tell you the amount of times I saw a woman, I'm just like, man, shoddy bad, like, Want to holler at her. Never consulted God. Never thought, what does the word say? Never thought about the fact that she isn't saved. Never thought about the fact that she doesn't want to go to church. But the fact is, man, she was fine. Like, so I got to holler at her. You know what I mean? And we, we're so driven like that sometimes. We're so driven by lust that we stop thinking about what God is saying to us in the middle of all of this. You know, so Proverbs is showing us here that there are some people that can flatter us with everything about them. You know, everything about them just seems perfect. It just seems right. They checked off everything on my list. You know, they're, they're, she's this, she's that, he's this, he's that. Oh, he told me he loved me. So, you know, we're just going to have sex just this one time. You know, he sh- the Bible is showing us you can't entertain relationships with people if God isn't sending them. You can't entertain relationships with people that aren't trying to help you live for God. You can't entertain relationships with people that are pulling you away from who God is, that are pulling you away from his presence. You know, and I know that may not sound popular. I know somebody's probably already clicked off. They're like, ah, he's about to bash us. Listen, if you want to stay in the lukewarm relationship, I love you, bro. I love you, sis. I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying that God delivers you. But please understand this. 
that Samson would not have put himself in an awkward predicament if he wasn't pursuing after that. You know, so I know a lot of you are going to take the part that, oh, God got glory out of his life, right? You know, many, many people are going to look at it that way. But please understand that God is not sending us to do relationships like the world. He's sending us to be an example to the world. So look at this. I want, I want, I want to make this clear because this was also a, a fault of mine that I had to learn the hard way. Please hear me when I say this. Just because you're active in ministry, that doesn't mean God is pleased with your actions. So I know many of you probably, you know, you're just waiting for me to say the next cool thing in the podcast. But I want you to understand that because many of you can be a pastor. And that doesn't mean that God is pleased with your lust. So you can be you can pretend to be deep on social media, but God really sees our hearts. There's been many times when, you know, I'm able to fake the funk, you know, pretend I'm deep, pretend I'm spiritual, you know, just do whatever. And I'm not seeking God. I'm not spending time in his word. I'm not spending time in prayer. I'm not fasting. I'm just on social media. I'm just driven, driven by all the things of this world that don't really matter. So it's, I want you to understand that it's not enough for me to preach purity, but I'm watching porn in private. It's not enough for me to tweet about God's faithfulness, but I'm not faithful to him with my actions. Because I know it's so easy, man. It's so easy for me just to wake up and like, boom, I check my phone. Oh, I got a notification. All right, let me check that real quick. Then that one Instagram notification I got turns into an hour of me strolling, did not even open the Bible app, didn't even consult God, didn't even thank him for another day. It's so easy for us to do that. And maybe maybe you're you know, a very spiritual person. You never have that issue. Good for you. You know, teach me your ways. But me, I know what it is, you know, to still struggle with lust while saved, to still struggle with anger while being saved, to still struggle with pride and trying to ask God to deliver me. But a lot of times we ask him to deliver us, but we never spend time in his word. We never spend time in prayer. How is God going to deliver me if I don't want God? We just want deliverance, but we don't want God. <laughs> Whew. This is a heavy episode, y'all. You know, so <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm going to try to take it easy on you. <laughs> but, you know, so when we look at Samson, Samson had his strength, but he didn't always make wise decisions. You know, and obviously we're always we're not always going to make perfect decisions. But the point is, we should be striving to get closer to God. And every time I thought about Samson, you know, because I, I, it's not a story that I read that often. It's not like a Judges is not a book of the Bible. People are just like, yeah, you know, I'm studying Judges. You know, that's not something that's very common. You know, so a lot of times I forget about all the things that Samson was doing. I only think about Delilah. But Samson had it wrong before he got to Delilah. You know, I mentioned the woman in Timnath. That's Judges 14. Delilah doesn't come until chapter 16. Before he gets to Delilah, the Bible mentions that, you know, um, he went, went into a prostitute. You know, so it wasn't like he wasn't he was he wasn't uh aware of his actions he just was driven by his lust he was driven by whatever makes samson feel good is what samson wants and samson's going to get it you know and i don't care what you think i don't care what my pastor says i don't care what my parents say what i want is what i'm going to get and that's what a lot of you people not not you people as in you know to say it in a disrespectful way because I, I i'm the same way so let me rephrase that that's what a lot of us as people do what we do is we say well, I don't really care if God isn't pleased with the relationship because I want them. Well, I don't really care if, you know, my leadership is against me dating someone in the world because I'm in love, you know, but we can't allow ourselves to be driven that way. You know, and there was a point where he was engaged, you know, to that Philistine woman or possibly married at that point. 
you know, and in, in that chapter, it shows that his previous wife was told by the Philistine man that she better get Samson to tell her, tell tell them the riddle, you know. So they want they're convincing her, you better get your husband to tell us the riddle or else we're going to burn you and your family. That's literally what they told her. So this woman is coming to her husband crying day and night for seven days. She's like, you're my husband. Shouldn't you tell me everything? You know, why aren't you telling me what the riddle meant? And Samson is like, I didn't even tell my family. <laughs> you know, read that in Judges 14. I believe that's around verse 16 through 18. And she's like, why aren't you telling me you're supposed to love me? You know, all that. And she's nagging him for seven days. And after seven days, he told her what the riddle was. And so now Samson is just like, I just want to get this woman to leave me alone. So I told her. And then he tells her, and not only, oh, I, she betrayed his trust, basically. So she betrayed his trust and told the Philistines because she's trying to protect herself. And then she allowed them to try to set up a way to come and attack him. And yes, they didn't they didn't kill him, but they did try to find a way to destroy him. And you would have thought Samson learned, you know, like the fact that you were in a scenario like this with a woman trying to get you to tell her everything, tell her about some things, you know, and Samson fell for it. You know, he managed to get out of there. He killed some people, you know, to to pay the Philistines back, you know, the money because of them figuring out the riddle. But now we get to the story with him and Delilah. You know, I don't want to stay too much on that, but we get to the story with him and Delilah. And we see that this is another woman, you know, another woman that God isn't sending his way. You know, he just saw a woman in Judges 16, verse 4, and it came to pass afterward that he loved the woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. You know, so he just, whoever I see and they, they, they fit what I want, I'm going to pursue after. They fit my interests. She has the body. She has the face. Whatever. I want her. You know, he just goes after these women without thinking about what God is going to say, without thinking about his covenant. You know, you know, but when we looked at how Delilah tried to destroy him, Delilah's like, hey, they told Delilah the same thing they told the previous woman. Figure out this man's secret. Like, why is he always destroying us? Why is he so strong? He tells her one thing, which isn't the truth. Oh, I'm strong because of this. And then she's like, Samson, the Philistines be upon you. The Philistines are here to attack you now. And then it didn't work, <laughs> you know? So that happens. And before Samson leaves the woman, who he just realized tried to get him killed, Samson stays. You know, so now it's part two. And it's just like, okay, well, yeah, this is my weakness. Samson said, you know, if you buy me with seven green whiffs that they were never dry, then I will be weak and be as another guy. And then she told the Philistines in verse eight, Judges 16, eight, with, you know, this is what he said. And in verse nine, there are men lying in wait, abiding with her in the chamber. In the chamber. And she said unto him, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he break the whiffs. And as the thread of bow is broken, it touched the fire. So his strength was not known. So there was twice this guy had the opportunity to leave out of a relationship that didn't please God. You realize the relationship is there to destroy you. Many of you guys, you're always seeking clarity in regards to relationships that you know God doesn't want you in. You know they aren't saved. You know they aren't leading you closer to him, but you're seeking clarity. What we are doing is we're setting ourselves up like Samson did. Samson is setting himself up, not realizing that this is the second time this woman tried to destroy me. And Samson still didn't leave. Like, how fine was this woman that his brother was that stubborn? He couldn't leave. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one is that good looking that they're, they're worth your salvation. No one is that good looking that they're worth you giving, that you're, they, 
you're willing to risk your life to be with them, you know? So the Bible tells us to love one another, you know, to give ourselves to one another in love. But at the same time, this was a woman who was trying to get him killed, not protecting him. She was trying to get him killed to protect herself, to get money. The Bible literally says the Philistines offered her money, you know? So that was a third time, you know, and this time he obviously told her the truth, you know, because she's in verse 15. She's like, and she said unto him, how canst thou say, I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, there hath not come in a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me. And I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent a call for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he hath showed me all his heart. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. And she said, And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused them to shave off the seven locks of his head, and she began to afflict him. And his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times, as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not and he knew not that the Lord was departed from him. So we just said a lot in that part, but I want you guys to notice something. First, first thing that I want you to notice out of his issue, his, his scenario with Delilah, the Bible mentions that she placed Samson on her lap to sleep. Meaning this is the woman he's, you know, he's having sex with, obviously. It's a woman he's in love with. She placed him in a position of comfort. She placed him in a place where he was comfortable. He's just in his girl's lap. He's not thinking of anything. This isn't sin. Who cares? I could do whatever I want. She placed him in a position of comfort so that she could kill him. Listen to me, guys. I don't know if you're catching this. But she literally made him believe that he should he, he is comfortable in her arms, that he is safe in her arms while she had a plan all along to kill him. So listen to me, guys, when I show you this, this is what the enemy does. He wants you comfortable in a lukewarm relationship. He wants you comfortable with that unsaved person. He wants you comfortable with that pornography. He wants you comfortable with that masturbation. He wants you comfortable. Oh, it's okay. I don't need to go to church. It's okay. I don't I don't need to read my Bible. He, it's okay. I don't need to pray. He wants you to get so comfortable and so relaxed and so at ease that you don't see when he's coming to kill you. I don't know. I don't know who I'm helping, but I'm telling you, when God showed that to me, man, it's like my eyes popped open. The enemy is he's just getting us to get so comfortable because that moment you're at ease is the moment he's going to destroy you. He is going to destroy you once you get comfortable, once you feel as though, okay, you know, I'm safe. I'm with my I'm with I'm with my bae, you know, I'm with my boo. You know, we getting married. It's okay if we have sex. We getting married next month anyways. He wants you to get comfortable to pull you out of the will of God. You know, so Samson, you know, and then when we also look at Samson, Samson thought he could just rise out of his sleep like all the other times. <laughs> he wanted to, you know, just shake himself off. Verse 20 said, and she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and he said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself. 
and, and he was not that the Lord was departed from him. He thought he was about to wake up, you know, and speak in his little tongues. He thought he was about to wake up and be just fine. He thought he was about to wake up. Okay, I got this. That's what the devil wants for you today. He wants you to live in sin. He wants you to ignore the warning signs that God is presenting and simply say you're going to shake yourself when you're on Sunday and, and go right back to looking saved. Go right back to you. Listen, the Bible says that seek the Lord while he may be found. Because it only says that because there's going to be a time when you can't find him. There's going to be a time when God is not going to be accessible because you were so rebellious. You were so disobedient. We were so, we were so, ah, Lord, help me. Feel the Holy Ghost right now. We were so determined to just ignore his love, his mercy, his grace, and think we're just going to find him whenever we want. God is merciful, but he's not a fool. He'll leave you over to a reprobate mind because you don't want to listen to him. God will allow you to fall into the sin that you wanted so bad. So the devil wants you to shake yourself after watching porn, throw on your little suit and tie and jump around church. He wants you to think you can just shake yourself after after sending those nude pictures or or asking for those nude pictures and throw on your long little Pentecostal skirt. He wants you to shake yourself, you know, shake yourself after you just curse somebody out at Walmart, curse somebody out at work. You just gossiped about somebody at the store and then post your little cute Bible verse under your pictures on social media. Listen, the enemy doesn't care about how often you go to church. He just doesn't want the church in you. He doesn't care about how much tongues you speak or you pretend to speak or he doesn't care about all that extra stuff. Where where because a lot of times people are pretending you have a mask on. Inside, you're hurting. Inside, you know you're in bondage. You're singing about freedom, but you know you're in bondage to lust. Know you're in bondage to perversion. Know you're in bondage to fear. Know you're in bondage to doubt. The enemy doesn't care if you if you run around church, if he knows you're going to walk out and go watch pornography. He's not intimidated. You know, the devil wants us to sleep around and, you know, just pop up in church and start speaking in tongues and think God is pleased. Listen to something that Jesus said. Matthew 15 and 8 says this. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Isn't that scary? God is saying that many of us, yeah, we talk about him, we tweet about him, we post about him. We tell somebody, oh, God is good all the time, brother. All the time, God is good, sister. You know, we God, God knows that there are some of us that do this little hypocritical stuff. But inside our hearts, man, he knows when we don't really care. He knows when we don't really pursue him. He knows when we're not spending that time with him as we should. So hear me when I say this, man, because I know some people, they'll get the wrong impression behind what what I'm really trying to say. But hear my heart with this. He mentioned that not because he's saying that he expects us to never sin. None of us are perfect. So don't think that that's what I'm telling you to pretend to be. Don't pretend to be perfect. That's why a lot of people leave church because they don't want to wear a mask. But you don't have to leave church because you, you, you're you not perfect. That's why you're there. So God can perfect you. So we're all striving to get closer to Jesus. God is looking at us for a daily progression, not for some fabricated perfection for Instagram likes or so we can look sanctified in our suits and ties. No, God is not worried about how we look on the outside. God is more focused on how we look on the inside. You know, he's more concerned about our holiness than anything else. You know, so when we look at Samson, when we look at what just hap- happened with Samson, he was so used to living however he wanted and still having God strengthen him. He was so used to God just moving him. 
He was so used to the God just threatening him to destroy Philistines, to destroy that lion, to destroy a bear, to destroy whatever is in his path. He was so accustomed to God just using him however he chose. But when he cut off his hair, he cut his covenant with God. That goes to show us that when we rebel against the principles of God, we lose our free access to the promises and the presence of God. So I know many of you are thinking, oh, you're, you're, you're preaching legalism. You're pre preaching legalism. You're telling people they have to be perfect. And you're telling people they're not saved. Listen, don't, don't, don't start that nonsense. <laughs> Please hear me when I say this. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 14 and 12, there is a way which shameth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Because it's so easy for us to believe that we're always right. It's so easy to believe God is always pleased. But sometimes he's not. And it's okay. It's okay for you to admit God wasn't pleased with the way I just spoke to that person. God wasn't pleased with the way I just handled that situation. God wasn't pleased when I was watching that pornography. It's okay to admit that because that's how you repent. God, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. God, give me your strength. Show me that your grace is sufficient for my weakness. The Bible says that Samson didn't know that the presence of God had left him. And I know that we have the Holy Spirit, you know. I'm not, so I'm not here to question anyone's salvation. If you've been born of the water and spirit, like Jesus said in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus, then you don't need me to validate your walk with Christ. But I want you to know that it is possible to think that God is pleased with us all while his presence is not even near us, while his presence has departed. And that's the reason why when David sinned, he's telling God, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. He's telling them to renew the joy of your salvation. He's telling them, don't take your Holy Spirit from me because he understands that God, God is a spirit, guys. You know, so the Holy Spirit is given to us by God so that he can reside within us. So think about that. God wants to live in us and he doesn't want to live in a sinful container. How can the Holy Spirit live in an unholy container? He's trying to make us more into his image. He's trying to change us. So we need to search ourselves today and stop living off of our own version of Christianity. Repent daily, guys. Always ask God to cleanse your heart from any sin that may be in there. Because some sins you don't even know are there because there's some things you're trying to suppress. There's some things you don't even realize God wasn't pleased with. But I want to leave you guys with this, these verses today while, we were, we were, while I wrap up this episode. First John chapter 1. Verses 9 through 10 says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So many of you probably aren't like Samson. Maybe you, maybe you didn't sleep with a prostitute, but there are many listening, had an abortion. There are many listening in fornication. There are many listening in homosexuality. There are many listening that are lying, that are stealing, that are gossiping, that are backbiting, that are fearful because that is also a sin. There are many that are doubting God. You know, there are many different things. And God is saying he's able to forgive you of that sin if you turn from him, if you turn from them and turn back towards him. The Bible mentions that if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, turn from their wicked ways and seek my face. All we got to do is humble ourselves, turn from our wicked ways. Seek the presence of God, and he promises to heal us. He promises to deliver us. He promises to answer. So when we look at Samson, I just want you guys to see that 
it's very possible for the hand of God to be strong in your life, for God to still manage to get glory out of your life, all while your actions weren't pleasing him. So I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know who's convicted by this, but I want you to know that, yes, God may be doing great things through you. God is doing great things through the Godly Dating 101 page, and it doesn't mean God is pleased with all my actions. It doesn't mean that I can't fall into lust. That doesn't mean I can't lie. It doesn't mean I don't sin. God wants every one of us to turn from whatever wicked ways is separating us from him today. Guys, I appreciate you listening to the end of this episode. I know it wasn't an easy one for many of you. But as always, man, we appreciate it. We appreciate all the reviews. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to leave a five-star review, to leave a review on what has impacted you. Guys, I'm encouraging you all to share it with your friends. I'm encouraging you to take what I said and, and to read the scriptures that I said. Don't just don't just go by what I said. Don't just go by, oh, Tavares said this is sin, so this is sin. No, go by what the word of God says, because I believe a lot of people are on their way to hell because they listen to a pastor rather than they listen to God. I know that's not a popular thing to say, but there's a lot of people that don't have a relationship with God, but they have a relationship with a pastor. And if I'm you, I want what God has for me rather than what the world thinks. Guys, so we love y'all. We appreciate you all. And as always, we appreciate you for tuning in. And I will see you next Thursday. Peace.